Well, today's readings are enough to make a guy in my position a bit uncomfortable. Our first reading bashes priests, and Jesus in our gospel tells us to call no man on earth father. As I was preparing this homily, I considered passing this hot potato on to Deacon Greg and have him preach it. (laughs) But then I thought to myself, you remember that homily he gave last Lent, how bad priests came out looking? I said to myself, no, I can't trust him. I'm going to have to handle this one myself. Okay, joking aside, let's try to get at what Jesus is saying in our gospel passage by placing it in its proper context. In Jesus' day, there were many Jewish teachers who gathered around themselves uh, students. These teachers taught their students how to interpret the Old Testament and how to observe its different laws and rituals. Now, the Old Testament is a very big and very complex book. It's not like you can just pick it up and easily figure out how to carry out all its commands. It needs to be interpreted. And in Jesus' day, there were different interpretations and different interpreters. It is true that the Jewish people looked at the high priest in Jerusalem as their chief religious leader, but he really wasn't a Bible interpreter per se. He had more to do with organizing the temple and the sacrifices and heading up the temporal government of the Jewish nation. So consequently, the fine points of ritual and uh, Bible interpretation were left up to men who spent their whole lives studying such things. It was these men who taught the common people in the synagogue. It was these men who, outside the synagogue, attracted to themselves groups of students. Their students would venerate them because of their great learning and the exactitude with which they observed the law according to their interpretation of it. When directly addressing them, their students would call them rabbi, a Semitic word meaning my great one, or they would address them as father or master. Now, this practice of theirs seems to have some biblical precedence, so it wasn't crazy. I'm thinking of example. Uh, For example, of how in the book of Kings, Elisha addresses Elijah as father. And there are many other passages in the Old Testament that you can kind of see this taking place in. Nonetheless, in Jesus' day, the practice of addressing teachers by titles seems to have gotten out of hand. It involved a lot of pride and vanity, leading to a lot of competition and bitter disputes. It turned into a situation of my guru versus your guru. So, in light of this historical situation, how can we understand what Jesus is teaching us in this passage? Well, let's start with what he's not teaching us. And leaving aside, for now, the titles of rabbi and master, let's focus on the title of father. Of course, that's the title that most interests us Catholics, because that's the title we use to address our priests. Well, to begin with, Jesus couldn't be telling his disciples that they can't call their biological fathers father. That's just common sense. If we couldn't call our biological father's father, we would actually handicap our ability to address God as father. We learn about God's fatherhood first and foremost from earthly fatherhood. We have to leave earthly fatherhood alone if we want to keep intact divine fatherhood. Moreover, assuming that Jesus' teaching and the rest of the New Testament can't contradict each other, 
Neither would it seem that Jesus is teaching us we can't use the word father when referring to our spiritual ancestors who lived in the ages past. For example, the patriarch Abraham is referred to as our father dozens of times in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul, when writing to his Christian audience in 1 Corinthians, refers to the ancient Israelites as our fathers. Finally, St. Peter even refers to the first generation of Christians as the fathers. Also, it can't be the case that Jesus is stopping us from attributing spiritual fatherhood to Christian teachers in a a general way. St. Peter refers to Mark as his son. St. Paul addresses Timothy as my son, twice at least. Spiritual fatherhood between teacher and disciple is implied here. In his letter to Philemon, St. Paul refers to himself as Onesimus' father. And in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, quote, I do not write this to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Now, it does seem that the early Christians, if they thought of the apostles and bishops and teachers as spiritual fathers, did not directly address them with any formal title, such as father. They would have simply addressed them by their common names, Paul or Peter or Ignatius, for example. And this would have been very different from the Jewish practice of addressing the teacher with former, sorry, formal titles. And perhaps this early Christian custom of simplicity of address stems in part from Christ's teaching in today's gospel. Nonetheless, it would be a mistake, I think, to imagine that the use or non-use of titles is the burden of Christ's teaching here. Christ is not interested in policing his disciples' language. He is after their minds and their hearts. He's not a grammarian, but a teacher of the Spirit. And so, after having looked at what he isn't teaching, let's look at what he is teaching. He's teaching us that Christians have one supreme teacher, and that is Christ himself. The ancient Jews didn't have a supreme teacher. They had to depend on the learning and accomplishments of many different rabbis. Now, these rabbis in their teaching might have been careful to defer to tradition and to the authority of rabbis of ages past, but at the end of the day, their religion boiled down to a plurality of merely human authorities. In this situation, it is impossible to get at religious truth or to maintain religious unity. It's going to be my guru versus your guru. Or if in such a situation you're able to maintain unity, it won't be a unity based on truth, but one based on mere ritual observance or political unity. But Jesus came to bring us not mere ritual or politics, but truth. This is the beautiful thing about the Catholic religion. Catholics have been given the most sublime truths and mysteries of faith. And their access to such truths and mysteries depends not upon the expertise of any earthly leader. The Catholic priest should be a good teacher, but at the end of the day, a Catholic's teacher is Jesus and not his parish priest. How so? Unlike the rabbis of Jesus' day and unlike many well-intentioned but fallible Bible teachers today, the Catholic priest does not rely on his own ability 
to interpret the Bible. His job is merely to convey to his people the teaching of the Catholic Church. And the Church's teaching is guaranteed to be Christ's teaching because the Church is Christ's own mystical body, guided by the Holy Spirit. So while some elements of the early Christian era have changed, like how uh, our religious leaders are addressed, we can have the assurance that the truths Jesus wanted preserved forever would in fact be maintained in the church and transmitted across the ages to us here today. So let's say I set myself up as a freelance Bible interpreter. Let's say that on the basis of a surface reading of today's gospel, I presume to bring back an early Christian custom and refuse to let anyone call me father. Ironically, if I were to do this, I would be going against the deeper meaning of this passage. I would be setting myself up as an independent interpreter of God's word and challenging the authority of Christ. So yes, Catholics call their priests father. This may not be a practice that goes back to the earliest Christian era. It is very ancient, though. It has been in use since time immemorial. It's not a title I've taken to myself, and it's not one you've given me. Our usage of this title is not a function of some strange cult of personality. I am not your guru. Catholics call their priest's father, not because of his great accomplishments or talents, but because of what he has received, because of what has been given to him, because of the grace given him, because of his position in the mystical body of Christ. But titles aside, have we not all, priests and parishioners alike, each in our own way, been given grace and a position in the body of Christ? Each of us have all had this true, is this true for them? This is the path of humility Jesus is teaching us. Whether it be grace or truth, what have we that we have not received from our one Lord Jesus Christ? As he says in today's gospel, you have but one teacher, and you are all brothers. <clears throat>